How's it going, folks? I'm Mike Yoder with Drone Deer Recovery. Thanks for being here, listening to the Shields Outdoor Podcast. Welcome to the Shields Outdoors Podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast. My name is Mike Anderson, and we've got an interesting one for you today. It's maybe a little bit of a touchy, controversial subject. Uh, it's, it's pretty new, and this is drone deer recovery. So basically what it is is it's uh, you have an animal down, uh, just another way of tracking, recovering it, uh, using drone and, and thermal stuff. So I, I don't know everything about it. I don't know much about the regulations. Very curious about this subject. And we've got uh, Mike Yoder with us today. So he's uh, kind of the founder of this drone deer recovery. So Mike, thanks you, thank you for joining us today. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, it's probably slightly controversial just because there um, most states uh, don't have laws currently written on how uh, drones can be used to help in uh, recovery of a carcass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. You know, right before we. Uh you know, started recording this podcast for chatting a little bit about it. And, uh, you know, in a previous life, I was a, I was a marketer for a lodge and event center and a, and a hunting guide. So I had a drone and I would do a lot of, you know, photography and images for this, for this lodge. And I, w- I was not able to, you know, go out, bring people out hunting into these specific properties for like three days in the state of North Dakota. And, and so what, what state are you based out of? I'm in Ohio. In Ohio. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, like, you definitely need to, like, talk with your game and fish, read your regulations. But, um, yeah, t- talk to us a little bit about, like, the legality side of things with the with the business you do. Yeah, well, um, basically, I started doing research long before I just went public with it. And then I got an attorney on board as well, talked to him about, uh, you know, what the statues say and... Uh, how, you know, how helping recover carcasses can be legal. And we kind of walked through the steps of how it needs to be done and talked to the state about it. And they were all for it, just as long as it's not used uh, in any way for cheating, basically, is what they said. But, you know, give it three, four years, they will definitely need to uh, write laws specifically um, on drones being used to recover carcasses because there aren't any right now so you have to kind of just you know police yourself on how it should be used and uh yeah i guess that's about all i got as far as legal wise Mm -hmm. yeah you're just kind of breaking new ground with this process it's it's pretty cool so how did the how did the whole like idea and concept come to you and how did you kind of make it happen well i've uh I've always flown RCs, and uh, I'm a pilot myself, and I was uh, with a buddy one day, and he's talking about getting thermal drones to inspect roofs, and I was like, yeah, I thought about getting a thermal drone to help find deer, and he's like, I think that'd be a good idea, and so I started with a cheap one, about 7500 bucks, 
just to kind of see what um, what people's you know feedback would be like. And I went to an outdoor show, showed them a video of me finding deer, and the people just went nuts over it. And um, that's when I was like, okay, I'll I'll invest in the big drone, and basically you know, built my brand before I went public with it, uh, got a trademark because I knew it's going to be big. I just didn't know it's going to get this big this quick. Um, and then basically, yeah, that's how I, uh, how I got into it because I was a pilot and I've liked flying RCs all my life. Um, drones was just kind of the next step. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you an avid hunter as well? Uh, I used to hunt a lot, uh, but I wouldn't say that I hunt much. I went out yesterday for about an hour. That's about it. That's <laughs> okay. literally the first time I've been out this whole season. Oh, gotcha. So yep. can you can you talk to us a little bit about how the whole, like, drone process works and the thermal imaging and stuff? I mean, like, I, I think everyone understands a drone fairly well, you know, flying it around. But how does the whole, like, thermal process work? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's pe- picking up heat. It's not just picking up deer heat it's picking up coyote uh, groundhogs you name it if it's got heat it's going to pick it up um and i've got four cameras on the drone itself basically i have a thermal camera and then i have a uh, zoom camera and a wide camera if i find something that has heat i take my uh, 200 times zoom camera zoom in on that uh, heat signature that i just got through my monitor and then take a look at it see if that's the the deer you hit and evaluate it from there. Huh, that's crazy stuff. So, like, how how f- high are you flying these drones? You know, like when you start oh. your searching phase and things like that? Well, every search is different because, uh, like, temperature swings outside can have a different effect on how good the thermals show up. But for the most part, I, uh, I'm, like, 390 feet above ground level. So um, I try to fly quite high that way i can cover more area basically the camera is looking down and i'm you know looking at about a hundred yard swath when i'm at that altitude if i come down lower i'm not covering as much ground okay that makes sense can you just walk us through like a normal recovery process from like the initial phone call you get from somebody or or to, to like actually making it happen what sort of timeline it is to and in, in what you all do exactly yeah so basically i'll ask them a few questions see if they track the deer that they jump the deer um what type of broadhead was a mechanical fix uh to the best of their knowledge i want to know what shot they think they have because what they think they have and what they actually have might be completely two different things and i've seen it way too many times that yeah, I smoked the deer, and, well, it's not smoked, or you wouldn't be calling me. But <laughs> um, So, yeah, I just kind of take that information for um, data, basically, to collect data and, and then start storing it. But I'll come out to the property, and I'll get on uh, an aerial image, and he'll tell me where he shot him, where they tracked him to, and where they think he's gone. And I'll take the drone off, and I'll, I'll head over in that direction. Start looking around. Uh, basically, if it's not where they thought it might be, then I'll start gridding. I'll, I'll just do a big grid pattern with the drone going down and back and uh, covering the whole area. That's very cool. And, you, you know, I, I wish you were 
in my area and you know like that this happened earlier because you know anybody that's been out hunting for years has has likely lost a deer at some point you know you, yeah. you get good blood right away and then your trail dries up and it's like man this deer's got to be here somewhere and you start grid searching and grid searching and you just you know you never know how far they'll go or where, where they'll end yeah. up but uh yeah, this yep. drone stuff is it's very interesting. So, what sorts of things yeah. have you learned about tracking a wounded animal after doing this drone stuff? Uh, basically, what I've figured out so far is there's no pattern. Uh, people ask me, well, if it's liver hit or if it's gut hit, does it go for water or does it do this or that? And like over the years, we've heard um, that they do certain things on certain hits, and from what I've um, gathered so far this season and i've done a ton of deer is literally every deer has been slightly different i've found many uh got hit deer some are on top of the hill others are down close to water i've found shoulder hit deer that are close to where they were hit and then i've found shoulder hit deer that went a long way from where they were hit so it from what i've figured out so far right now i there is no pattern in what they do on their hits. Hmm. Very interesting. So approximately how many deer have you recovered with this drone process? Uh, that's what I haven't made public yet um, because people can do the numbers on what I charge and what I've made. I will be <laughs> releasing that on my social platforms because I want people to um, understand that the investment, a lot of people are messaging me, hundreds, hundreds of people are emailing me and wanting me to give them information of what drone I'm flying, what can they make with this, uh, if they do this in their area. So basically I'll release that information. I want them to buy drones, but I want them to buy them from me and then I'll teach them how to do this and we'll have a, you know, a big platform all across the, the country. But um, yeah, I found a bunch of them. A bunch of them? Would you say like north of 100 north of 500 not north of 500 no okay all right but you but you definitely have a few under your belt at this point right <laughs> yeah just a couple okay if you watch any of my social platforms you can tell how many um how much content i'm posting and not every search that i've done was um videoed but i would say that i've got plenty to do one every week for a whole year at least. Okay. Interesting. So um, have you ever not been able to recover one yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, when I can't recover the deer, it's because it's not dead. It, yeah. it has literally moved out of the area. And people say, well, no, he lived here. He's been here for three years. And I'm, I'm like, I completely understand what you're saying, but... I'm telling you, the deer is not in the area because I can't find it. And then oftentimes they'll get uh, pictures of the deer in two to three weeks. It literally moved out of the area, regrouped itself, and then came back. And I, I have a lot of proof of that. I have pictures of uh, clients that sent me picture, trail cam pictures later of the deer returning after I told them that. That's interesting. So um, have have you ever found deer where it's like, okay, you're flying it and then you can tell it's definitely alive. And then, you know, like if you find one that's alive, do you study it to determine how well it was hit? If this is a deer that you need to stop going after, how does, how does that work? Oh yeah. Yeah. We can see all that. Um, with a zoom camera, we can analyze exactly what this, what's going on. Um, 
basically if if i find the buck that they hit um we'll take a closer look at it yeah see if we can see an actual impact of the shot see what the deer's posture is like is it droopy eared is it really in a lot of pain or whatever we can see all that with uh our drone that's wild so what what sort of cameras do you have on there uh they're all built with the uh the cameras already installed the the drones that i'm flying were honestly when they were manufactured they were targeting the uh fire departments and police departments is what they were built for okay Gotcha. Yep. And then, so, so when you're flying, you like see an animal that's still alive. Can, can you like, is your camera good enough to determine like locations where the deer has been hit from 400 feet up in the air and everything too? Like there's that well, it, much. Depends how or? big of a broadhead that you're using. Like if you're using a broadhead, that's, you know, giving you a big uh, cut, you'll definitely be able to see that on, uh, on the screen when we zoom in on the deer but if you're shooting a smaller broadhead where maybe it's like a um trying to think here like a, a smaller single bevel broadhead or something like that you might not be able to pick that up as good as you would if it's a larger cut diameter okay makes sense what's the craziest story you have so far on a recovery uh probably the one i just uploaded last night on youtube um it's the most meaningful it was an old grandpa he um shot the biggest buck of his life on his farm that he'd lived there for 70 years um him and his son started tracking the deer it was getting late started raining his son told him we're you know we're gonna wrap this up for tonight we'll come back in the morning and we'll uh we'll look for the deer then the son went home to his house and his dad and his mom went home to their house and I guess in the meantime, when the son went back to his house, uh, mom and dad snuck out, got on a four-wheeler, and uh, went out back in the woods to see if they can find this deer. Well, when they were driving back, they got too close to the edge of a creek and rolled the four-wheeler down uh, down into the creek. He was pinned underneath the four-wheeler in the water. Somehow, they got the thing flipped over um, and got it back out of the creek. Ended up getting stuck again a little later, trying to get back to the house. Had to walk all the way back to the house. And um, he ended up in the hospital at 2 a.m., broke his collarbone. And uh, the son the next morning was like, I got to find this deer for my dad now. You know, he, he went through all this to uh, try to find this deer. So he got a dog in. Uh, I think it was a younger dog. And they tried tracking it, but the dog couldn't pick it up. So he called me. And I was about an hour or so away. I had already recovered three of them that morning and uh, two or three, something like that. And he uh, asked me to come out and we got out there. It uh, it had rained all night and it was how many hours after? It was almost 24 hours after the original shot. And he kind of pointed me in the direction that he thinks the deer went. Found the deer within like a minute and a half put it on the four-wheeler, took it over to his dad. He didn't even know we found it. and So it was just pretty doggone cool. It was the biggest buck he's ever shot. And to be a part of that after uh, he went through that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And, you know, it, it must be nice to just be part of, like, the success stories, too. It's like, oh, oh thank you so much. You know, like, I never would have found this deer without you. Dude, like, I get 
you know, that buck fever rush that you get when you, you know, shoot a big one. I get that when I'm hunting or like looking for the deer because it's like, it's a treasure hunt basically for an adult. Um, and it's like, I, I want to find the deer. It, to me, it doesn't matter if it's dead or alive. I prefer it be dead so you can recover your deer, but, um, it's just to be a part of it is definitely cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the whole concept kind of reminds me a little of shed hunting too. You know, it's like, okay, you got this area, there's a really good likelihood that there's something there and then going around scanning and then all of a sudden you find it. So yeah, I've never shed hunted. You've never shed hunted before. Uh, maybe, maybe once I don't know how to do it. Oh man, that's a lot of fun. You're going to have to try it sometime, you know, find, oh, yeah. find an area where, you know, deer are wintering and then just kind of scan in the area. It's a, th- there's a lot of similarities to this drone stuff that you're doing. I mean, obviously it's hmm. not using thermal imaging, but, um, you know, you know, pick a needle through a haystack kind of stuff, scanning around and, I, I think you'd like it. You'll have to try it huh. sometime. Yeah, I've had a couple people ask me if I could find sheds with the with the thermal camera, and I I don't know how that would work because the the antlers wouldn't have heat. I don't think, but I've never tried it. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine they would have heat attached to them. Maybe it, you know, you have to look to some sort of like reflective instead of thermal, or you know, mm-hmm. I don't know that that, yeah. that one that one is beyond my technological capabilities for sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, very cool. So I'd like to talk a little bit about how, how like social media has helped your business. You know, this is a, how long have you been around doing this now? No, this is the first season I went public with it. Um, I was doing research and stuff uh, last season just to make sure that everything's legit. So it's the first season. Yep. Those uh, social pages that you see with tens of thousands of followers that happened in about uh, two and a half months. Wow. That's crazy. So it just goes to prove like if you've got really unique, interesting content that's engaging and people want to, people want to see it can, it can kind of spread like wildfire. Yeah. I would say that uh, being an original in anything is big. Um, People can spawn off of that, but the original is always the coolest. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So what platform has been the best for you? Uh, Followers-wise, um, TikTok has the most followers. I would say that Instagram is more loyal followers. Um, and then I love YouTube, just a platform. like People that are actually sitting down and consuming your content, not like, 10 seconds and flipping to the next one and getting that little endorphin release like YouTube really like people are sitting down and engaging with it. It's not just like, Oh, it popped up and now it's gone. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that are genuinely interested versus the like, Oh, that was cool. What's my next 10 second dopamine hit makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Very cool. So how, yeah, as far as, as far as the business or as far as what have the social platforms done for my business, um, not so much on the recovery side. I mean, I have had people reach out to me through the, uh, social platforms to come recover deer for them, but oftentimes they're out of my area. They're in other States, um, which is good because we are going to have agents in other States. So by next season, um, the platform's going to help 
you know, get hunters in touch with the right agent in their area. But for me right now in my area, uh, the, the social platforms didn't bring me more uh, recovery work. They brought me more bigger high-end clients that have large acreage uh, to do herd analysis. It has helped with that. Okay. Yeah, that's very interesting. What, what sort of stuff do you do for the herd analysis? Basically, um, I, I come out and if they have like a thousand acre piece, I will fly the drone all across the thousand acre piece and get them a herd count on how many deer they have, how many buck, buck to doe uh, that they have and give them that information. And then it helps them to better understand management plans. How far are you able to like travel when you're doing this thing? What sort of area can somebody use your services so, right now? So the recovery side of things, um, usually people aren't wanting to spend um, too much money to find one deer. Um, but I'll, I'll go as far as somebody's willing to pay me to recover a deer. The herd uh, analysis, we're traveling a long way for that because we're looking at big acreage. It's going to be a little bit more pricey, but... Those uh, those clients, uh, the information that they're getting, well, it, it's never been done, so it uh, it's worth driving to, you know, you name it, Iowa, Texas, Florida. We'll go there and uh, help them in the best way we can. But as far as just the recovery side of things, I would say the farthest that I've uh, gone to make it worthwhile for somebody is like three hours because I have a trip charge on that. So. When you start getting a thousand dollars in one deer, people are like, eh, "Well, that's a little much." <laughs> yeah, for sure. I guess it depends on how big the deer is, too. You know, it's like yeah. A, I mean, it's, a, it, it's, it's all relative record, because it's know? like you know, you're spending tens of thousands on your hunting land, uh, your blinds, your bows, your, the whole outfit, you know, and then you get an opportunity to uh, hit a deer, and and you don't want to spend five hundred bucks. It's a little funny at times, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I suppose it's all relative. So very, very interesting stuff. What's, what do you think is the future of this? Say like two, three, five, ten years down the road. Do you think it's going to be in all states or close? Or? Um, I don't think, I mean, as it sits right now, there's some states that are just too, uh, just, I, I don't know how to say it, but like I, I was on a podcast from a guy in Oregon and he likes this technology, but he just said that his state lawmakers are so ancient that they would just not even entertain the idea of uh, using something like this. Uh, where do I see it um, in the eastern uh, and midwest states? I see there will be regulations on it. I believe that there will be um, programs that the states will have. Um, that you have to go through in order to do uh, recovery of carcasses with a drone. That's what I see. Um, because they see that it can be used for good, but not just every, you know, Joe Blows is going to be allowed to fly a drone. You have to be, like, certified. I mean, currently you have to have an FAA license, which is federal, just to fly the drone. But what I'm talking about is... I think that states will come up with their own program that you have to go through this program and understand 
and be respectful of what it is that you're doing and then they'll give you like a certificate and be like you know you are uh, you're certified to look for carcasses that's what i think it'll turn into i could be completely wrong but that that's years down the road Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just you never know exactly what's going to happen. Each state has different rules and regulations, and like you said, some are some are early adopters. Some will wait and you know see after years of research and analysis. But the you know the benefit is definitely there. But um, you know with with powerful technology becomes you know powerful you know, opportunity to be used for both good and bad that you mentioned. Like yep. if you, you yep. know, this thermal imaging, it's some, some very powerful stuff. Like you can do herd counts in minutes yep. and you can know yep. exactly where animals are. So yeah, yep. you can see like this yeah. sort of technology gets into the wrong hands, then it can be, it can be yeah. awful. Defer- I, I think, you know, with how much money is in, in the industry and, and people put a lot of effort into uh, management side of things. Yes. The drone deer recovery is, is very great. I mean, it's good, but where like big outfitters and like people in Texas that have tens of thousands of acres, uh, they're going to benefit a lot more by doing, uh, an analysis and getting those counts out. Um, that will be more beneficial for their clients than probably anything that they've done in the past. It, it's literally like having a trail camera flying in the sky and counting, counting deer. Cause you can do a, a trail cam, you know, analysis, like try to count deer, but it's nothing like what we can do uh, for people for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> the deer have to walk in front of you, in front of the camera, you know, like you're not seeing 360 degrees on most cameras yeah. and yeah. it takes a yeah. lot, like the time it takes to do it. Or, you know, like some of these big outfitters, they'll do the, you know, the analysis with helicopters and, you know, the, yeah. you know, the amount of money it takes to get a helicopter to do one of those versus, you know, throw a drone up there is yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I don't know if if we're wanting to go down this track, but it's it's about analysis and how can it like benefit um, people. But I also think it can benefit states. Like if states would get on board with it, dude. I know they have helicopters, but dude, they don't even have the budget to fly those at times. Like mm-hmm. they literally they have the the assets, but they don't have the money to to put into fuel and stuff to fly it. So if they can sub some of that work out to drone operators, like because it's way less money to fly drones than it is uh, uh, those big helicopters. I, I seriously think it could overall help with the, um, you know, herd count of in states. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that, that could help with licensing and, you know, determining, you know, if, if yep. certain areas can give out excess antlerless tags to control populations and things like that. Like the, the possibilities are nearly endless with this. And it's, it's just yep. really cool to like talk to someone that's sort of on the ground floor with this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely feel blessed to be able to, you know, do this. Obviously I'm not the very, I'm not the first guy that is doing this. I am, I am the first guy that really built a brand around it and that's why I'm uh, known for it. But there have been, uh, guys that have done this more like under the radar, uh, I think, and they just didn't want to build something big like like I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool stuff. So, where can uh, where can people see your content? 
Um, if they want to see how it's done, like actual watch videos on it, YouTube, just search uh, Drone Deer Recovery. Um, we're going to pop up. And uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. I don't put much on Facebook. They don't like uh, promoting me for some reason. But uh, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube are, are really good for us. So, And then as far as like if you're in our area or if you are wanting to do an analysis, you can go to uh, dronedeerrecovery.com and reach out to us through our website. All right. Very cool stuff. So, Mike, thank you very much for joining us for this segment, teaching us a little bit about uh, drone deer recovery, where it's at, and, uh, you know, the potential it has for future. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You just heard our conversation with Mike Yoder of Drone Deer Recovery. If you'd like to follow along with Mike, see some footage or learn more, just check out his YouTube channel or Instagram pages that you can find linked in the description of this podcast. And with that, we'd like to thank you all for listening and see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Shields Outdoors podcast. Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages, Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.